You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. It's Tuesday at 12, and this is Aperture and Shutter Speed, the photography radio show where you can learn and share your love for photography. I'm your host, Chelsea Williams. I'm a professional portrait photographer in Conroe. Uh, if you have any questions or comments during this show, um, just hit us up on the Aperture and Shutter Speed Facebook page, and you can always check out more about the show on IRLoneStar.com. So today I'm excited. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking with a very talented photographer, Barry Harley. Uh, he specializes in commercial architecture, but also does some incredible um, group work that I've seen. And uh, He did a photo at Dunn's Castle that was just amazing that we're going to get to talk to him about. And um, also at the end of the show, I'm going to announce who won the two tickets to Taste Fest for commenting on our Facebook page. And right now I'm going to tell you how you can get involved locally, um, find some photographer friends, and maybe learn a little something and just go out and shoot with some like-minded people, maybe. So the Woodlands Camera Club, May 15th, is having a Processing Your Photos, and that's their special interest group, and it meets 7 to 9 p.m. And on May 18th, they have Learning to Shoot, and that's 7 to 9. You can see their full calendar and all the details at thewoodlandscameraclub.org. PPA has their Super One Day classes, and a couple of weeks ago, we had on guest Kelly Gann, who is in Lufkin, and she was telling us about all the things she has coming up. And she actually has two different Super One Day classes you can sign up for. And these are uh, PPA merited programs, so you will get merits for taking these classes, and you will learn a whole lot. So on May 14th, Kelly's doing Creating Heirloom Portrait Artwork, and on May 15th, she's doing Successful Selling. So you can go to the PPA website under Super One Day um, look up Texas and Kelly's in Lufkin, which I'm sure for people in this area, that's not too bad of a drive. You can definitely get over there to do it and, um, build up your merits and learn something. And Professional Photographers Guild of Houston on May 15th is also having a full day merited workshop. This one is sports and event photography plus team composites. So I think that one's interesting because if you struggle with kind of making the sports composites, that would be a definite good one to go to. So that's just ppgh.org to find out more and register for that. Houston Photo Walks on May 20th at 8 a.m. is doing a field trip to Sam Houston Park. So what I love about Houston Photo Walks is it's more or less just um, hanging out with some like-minded people and having some fun with not <laughs> not stressing about having to be for anything in, in particular, just fun taking pictures with other people. So you can go to houstonphotowalks.com to see their full list of calendar and sign up for the group and um, see who all is, is going and who's already registered. Um, also, I want to talk about Summerfest because it's right around the corner and nobody in this area has an excuse not to go to Summerfest because it's right here in our backyard. It's going to be hosted at La Toretta. So it starts Sunday, June 25th, and it goes Monday, Tuesday, and ends Wednesday morning on the 28th. So here's just, I'm looking at the book right now and I'm pulling out just some of the highlights. So on Sunday the 25th, you can is the deadline 9 a.m. to hand carry your print cases for the print competition. I really like the print competition at Summerfest just because it's a good um, 
one is a good way for if you've never entered print competition before it's a good starting point um before you get into anything really serious like ipc and um also just practice for people who've already are really good at print competition it gives you a chance to get awards and man um so on sunday june 25th at 10 a.m they're doing image competition boot camp so if you didn't enter the print competition and, or maybe you did and you just want to hone your skills and learn a little bit more about um, what it takes to enter print competition, that class is going to be 10 a.m. on the 25th. So on Monday, there's two different classes that start at 7.30 in the morning. So um, for people staying at La Toretta, that won't be hard, I think. But for us that are at home and have to get up and drive out there, that might be a little bit. Um, but they're really uh, interesting. At 7.30, they're going to do volume photography and airborne over Texas. And there's, well, I guess there's one more. There's also underwater photography. And it's going to be poolside at La Toretta. And uh, La Toretta's pool is amazing. So I imagine you can get some really uh, interesting pictures there. And then there's going to be um, 9.30, the fine art of the family portrait and a CPP review class. Uh, 1.30, and there's light. I think it's light the good way. G-U-D. I don't know. <laughs> and at 4 p.m., the Santa experience. And there's going to be a party that night, of course, because photographers don't get together without a party. On Tuesday, there's going to be volume photography again. If you didn't take it the day before, airborne over Texas, the air underwater photography. There's a golf scramble. So if you bring a spouse and they want to get out there and golf while you're doing classes, that would be a great thing. Uh, 9.30, there's weddings made easy. The path, the ooh, tongue tied. The path to the merit. Uh, let's see, 2, 2 p.m. is extracting and compositing. Uh, that's definitely something I think I should work on, so I'm probably going to be at that one. And they're doing an award ceremony that night for the print competition, whoever won the awards. And Wednesday, the class is coolness in the eyes of your seniors. So um, I don't know, that's, that's something that's going to be really great. And if you live here in this area, Montgomery County area, there's absolutely no reason not to go to that. It could not be any easier. You don't have to get a hotel. You just have to drive yourself over there and go. Um, one thing to note about this year's print competition is they have increased the number that you can submit. So usually the case is four. This year they'll let you do up to eight. So uh, it's the prices are kind of the same. The case for four is still 59, uh, including one album. And for each additional image you submit, it's $10. So um, you can submit up to four images and an album for $99. And it also changes how they break down their um, awards and everything. So you can go to TPPA backslash Summerfest for all the information on that and how to get involved in the print competition and signed up for Summerfest, which I hope to see everybody at. Okay, so I get to this part uh, every time we're asked, what have you been taking pictures of lately? I definitely want to see what you've been taking pictures of on our Facebook page. So um, send me some pictures of what you've been taking pictures of and just tell me like little um, stories if you have any. <laughs> I think photographers, we always have some interesting stories of our shoots. Okay, so I, with my pictures I did last night, I have a question for everybody. Do you play music when you're shooting your portraits? I know a lot of people play music to get the mood more relaxed and not so like tense and so people aren't thinking about the fact that you're taking their pictures. Okay, so last night I I was taking pictures of my daughter not because I necessarily wanted pictures of my daughter because I was trying to complete a personal project 
And so I wasn't really thinking about it. And I turned my music on just while I was setting everything up. So I had my music on. I was setting up my lights in my background, getting everything just so. And um, so I bring her in and have the music playing. And I get her just the way I want her. Tell her, okay, stand right here. This is the way I want your face. Like it had to be very specific for the project that I was working on. That little girl, I know she's only eight years old. She could not stand still to save her life. She just had to move with the music. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, does any other photographers out there have that problem? Like she, she just could not help herself. She had to wiggle. And sometimes it wasn't even her body, her face. Like she, she could not keep the same expression. Her, her eyes were like surprised. And then like, uh, I don't know. She, she just couldn't help herself. I mean, I love that little girl to death. And you would think that being a photographer's daughter, she'd be really good at it. But no, she was so bad. And, you know, you have to laugh because it's kids. What are you going to do? But at the same time, it's a little bit frustrating because I'm like, I just wanted to complete this project. And no amount of bribing or money would have got her to be still. I mean, and, you know, you just have to turn off the music and go, okay, never mind. We're not doing this tonight. <laughs> okay. So if anybody else uh, plays music for their sessions, I'm interested how it goes with um, adults and how it goes with kids or families. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got any little stories to tell us, be sure to tell me on the Aperture Shutter Speeds Facebook page. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, I'm going to be talking to talented photographer Barry Harley, who's going to be telling us all about um, the work that he does. So stick with us on Aperture and Shutter Speed. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome back to Aperture and Shutter Speed. I am Chelsea Williams, and I have with me uh, Barry Harley, who uh, is a very talented photographer in architecture, but also portraits and all sorts of things. So welcome. Hi, Chelsea. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Good. Well, thank you for taking time out to talk to us today. No problem. Thank you for the privilege. So um, can you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Uh, I posted a link to your website on our Facebook page so everybody can kind of follow along as we talk today. Um, on your website, you have you know some beautiful architecture, commercial work, and you also have some amazing uh, portraits including group. So can you tell us about your work and what you uh, mainly do as a photographer? Okay, so most of my work is usually in the architectural realm. That's used for most of my client bases, but I do love portraiture work, so I have uh, some of that going as well. But most of it is used to just architecture because I deal with a lot of contractors, architects, uh, sign companies, um, and interior designers. 
So um, that's pretty much your niche. That's the first thing you see when you go to your website is your beautiful architecture work and your um, commercial work. Um, what do you consider your style to be as a photographer? Well, that's interesting you ask that question. I've, I never thought about myself as having a style, but I guess you should. But when it comes to the architectural style, my style is usually I want my pictures to tell the story through the details. And that's how I, I light my projects because the architects and the interior designers and the contractors spend so much time in creating this wonderful space or this building that to honor that space, it just makes sense to light it and photograph it well. So it's really the telling the story through the details. I love that because a lot of times in portraits, you hear people talk about the importance of telling a story. And I think it's really interesting to hear it applied to architecture photography as well. And that a story still needs to be told about, you know, what the space is and the, the building itself. And um, I definitely see that in your work. Um, <laughs> I know in one of your one of your pictures and that you had of a commercial space, you even left somebody in there that was looked like they were walking through a room. And um, I think that kind of helps build the story of, you know, what what goes on there on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and some of my uh, photos, the client does ask, can we add a human element in there? And we have to, some of it is because of rights issues. We have to blur them out. And then some of it is just practical because when you leave people in the photos, it dates it quicker than if they are not in the photos. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you also do amazing uh, portrait work also. And um, so did you just, you do mainly um, architecture for work and then um, you do portraits as a passion or is it just a little bit of both? <laughs> well, the, the architecture one is, uh, more, let's say my client base is there, but I do have a, a decent client base in my portraiture side. And I, I actually approach them the same, the same way, interestingly enough. And I, I thought I was a little bit of a odd fish when it came to having both of those things on my site. But we'll go into that later because we'll find out I have one of my mentors of the one of the artists that influenced me. He does the same thing. There's very few people I see do both of those. But uh, I do have a decent client base that deals with this portraiture. And you asked about style in before in my portraiture work. I really go for this effortless, effortlessly posed look. It's posed, but I kind of want it to look like it's natural or effortless. Yeah, I think that um, I think that definitely shows, and I, I think that that defines your style very well. And so you mentioned that you you were inspired by an artist. Can you tell us more about who inspired you in your work and shaped where you are now? Okay, so I have a couple of artists that have inspired my work. I have some in the architectural realm and then some in the portraiture side. So in the architectural side, Julia Schulman with his book, Port uh, Photo Photographing Architecture and Interiors, 
And Todd Everly, who I mentioned earlier, he does a nice uh, both architectural and portrait work, and he's hugely famous in L.A. And obviously, if you look at my work, you can see the Anne Leibovitz influence. Yeah, there's people like Felix Kuhn, Clay Cook. On the architectural side, you have another, some young photographers like Tony Roslin and uh, Mike Kelly. What other things do you do to get inspiration for your work? To, well, to get inspiration, I do a lot of Pinterest searching. I look through magazines constantly. I am uh, looking through the online webs, through uh, places like Behance, um, 500 Pics, Flickr. I use all of those to grab influence and inspiration. So um, I recently saw a, a really amazing group photo that you had done at Dunn's Castle. Can you tell us a little yes. a little bit about um, how that photo came about? Like, what was the first initial thing that got you started on the idea of doing photos there? Okay, so the, the, the idea originally was a group of friends and I were going to go to Scotland and just camp out of the castle for a week. Yeah, something everybody does every week, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, we decided to go to Scotland um, with these friends who uh, it was an amazing experience. These, these are people that I truly and deeply love. They love me back. So it was easy to hang out with them in a castle. And we wanted to memorialize the event when we got there. And this was one of the ways that we thought we could do that. Uh, and then we we actually used Pinterest as a mood board, uh, my wife and I and a couple of other friends to look at images that we kind of wanted to style them like. And then we did some research on lighting and compositing it and how to put that together. So it was, and so this project actually started with just going there for about, uh, it was a year before we actually got there. And it just started as some friends want to hang out and it evolved from there. <laughs> I think yes. that's amazing. Um, so you did all this preparation of kind of looking up what the, you wanted the style to be and how you were going to do it. And so what gear did you have to bring with you to make it all work? So in my, in my plan, I was carrying, I was trying to go light. So I carried just one alien bee, a umbrella and then some diffusers that my wife had made that would go over the umbrella. This is like a makeshift umbrella or diffuser situation. Um, a light stand, my uh, medium, my camera, full frame camera with two lenses, uh, my laptop that was going to be tethered, and some speed lights. That was my gear because I wanted to carry all the gear in, in one uh, backpack. Plus, I would just put the tripod and the light stand in my suitcase. I think a lot of people, when they travel, want to put as much as they can so they can carry it with them and not have to check any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I've kind of looked through your blog posts on this, so I know a little bit of it already, but I, I think it's a really interesting story. So can you walk us through kind of um, how that went for you? 
Okay, so as you know, everything always works out perfectly. We never have any problems. Oh, yeah, always we, as a yeah. photographer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we go to a shoot and we're cranking out photos and they're always the best. Yes, Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that, that's how we work. Our life is full of perfection. Not quite. So I, fortunately for me, I in my head, I had created an A, B, and a C plan. So the B, the A plan was to use my Alien B lights, my one light with the diffuser, and the double diffusion, and shoot this uh, the portrait. Um, I had just finished a lecture at the University of Huddersfield, and my friend there, Stephen Gibbs, said, "Hey, can you take a, a portrait of me?" And I said, "Sure." Um, I fortunately for me, I had brought all my equipment with me, so let's let's do that. So after the lecture, I was taking the picture and I plugged my AMBs into their voltage system and uh, fired a couple of shots, hearing this popping sound in my AMBs, and I'm wondering, hmm, that doesn't sound too correct. And so I'm firing away and it's not working. So I decided, okay, let me go to plan B. I took my speed lights and did that. At that time, I'm realizing, why is this not working? And it dawned on me, hold a second, this is the wrong voltage for <laughs> my alien bees. So I just uh, I just blew up my alien bees. Now, how am I going to do the portrait in Scotland? So while I'm photographing my friend, I'm thinking in my head, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to work out for me real good. I so, think we've all had moments but, like that where, like, inside we're just in turmoil, but the outside we're trying to hold it together to finish what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because i'm thinking okay so in my head i'm, I'm trying to figure this all out uh, and i've shot with my speed lights before and i knew if i put the two of them on this little device that i have that makes them work as one i could it could essentially work as a giant strobe so in my head that was the process that was going through uh, when i got to the castle i already knew that the alien bees were, were toast. So the second process was the scout locations. There was a giant drawing room that we were in all the time in the evenings, spent hours there until like two or three o'clock in the morning chatting. And we figured that would be the perfect place to shoot. My wife said, ah, maybe not. Maybe the stairs might be a better option. Not that the drawing room would have been bad, but it would have just looked like a giant drawing room. And we figured, eh, that wouldn't give us the the feeling of a castle. So uh, my wife said, why don't we use the stairs? And then Lord Hay, the owner of the castle said, uh, let's, I think that would be a great idea because she's seen shots done there as well. So we scouted that location and the stairs one morning and then it was perfect because it had the tiering set up that you could have the group tightly knit and seem like a family, but you could see everyone. Right. So that's how some of that came about. Um, would you like me to explain the rest of the posing and the creation? If you will, I mean, I'm, it's all photographers listening, so we like this geeky stuff. <laughs> um, Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get a little now. Nah, I get techy, but so that shot was derived from this. Is so we're now in the, the B part of my setup. We're using speed lights to light each person separately 
and then composite the image together. And that's actually a takeover from my architectural side of shooting. So I'm, so I approach it the same way and that I want to, you know, in this era of we take a picture and it's done. I'm actually, my process is a little different. We take the picture, but we have to honor people's time in these photos. They spend so much time getting ready and putting makeup on, getting dressed. We want to honor that by lighting it and, and capturing that image. So when I'm doing that, I am Sarah and my wife already have my vision and they're helping me pose people. Uh, so the camera is stationary and locked down and so is the focus lockdown. So I'm at sometimes shooting at maybe aperture eight or, or 10 or 11. And then I'm getting an ambient exposure and then I'm using the flash or the two speed lights to just generate some key lights on them. And I'm holding that close to them and just above their heads. And then my wife is going around with the light and I'm, she's popping that while I'm taking a, a photo of each person. And then in the end, I composite that. I also went in afterwards when everyone's gone uh, and photographed the background and created a background plate of that whole scene because it was way dark and you couldn't get all the same exposure from that one, from that one shot. One of the friends from the, from the shoot said to me, it was extremely comfortable that process because while they were chatting and talking, I was taking pictures and he said, then it was done. And then when he got home from Scotland, there was a picture. So he didn't even feel like it was being photographed while the process was, was happening. Right. And, you know, I love that process because how hard is it usually to get everybody in a photo to do exactly what you want at exactly the same time? Whereas if you go through and you light them separately and do like a separate image for each one of them, you know, you have a beautiful group image in the end and you weren't sitting there like, okay, no, no, everybody, you know, do exactly what you're supposed to do and don't move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just like you said about uh, when you were talking about your, your daughter photographing her, sometimes you just got to let him go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> them in that moment. And you can't get everyone to act the same way at the perfect time. Well, maybe sometimes you can, but in, in this way, we, it was just easier for me to light it this way and then in post grab the essence of the group and um, have it seamless. Well, I absolutely love that. And if you'll stick with us through the break, when we get back, I want to talk about um, a similar group that you did last week at a workshop. Stick with us on Aperture and Shutter Speed. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Well, 
Welcome back to Aperture and Shutter Speed. I'm Chelsea Williams, and I'm here talking to Barry Harley. And we were talking before the break about uh, your work at Dunn's Castle and how incredible that group shot ended up being. <laughs> yes. And so last week I, I saw some behind-the-scenes pictures of a workshop that you were teaching where you were implementing the same group lighting and posing as what you did at the castle. Yes. So um, can you tell everybody a little bit about like uh, how hands-on that workshop was? And I loved seeing the behind the scenes pictures because, you know, it showed somebody holding up a light like right in front of one person and um, kind of shows the individual lighting you give each person in the group. And I really liked that. Um, so do you just approach it the same way as uh, the group at Dunn's Castle? Yes, I, I actually approached that same workshop the, the the same way. That workshop was actually a byproduct of the photographs at Dunn's Castle. And so that just a little bit of personal projects are so important because you don't want to miss any opportunity because if you miss it, it's gone. This was per all pure personal all I was doing was taking that Dunn's Castle portrait. Um, I, it was on uh, Felix Kuhn's uh, Facebook page. It went to one of the highest liked images on his page. Then uh, Megan DePiro saw it. Um, she called me and said, you have to do a workshop. I said, really? She said, yes, you have to do a workshop. And I said, okay, kind of a little bit kicking and screaming, <laughs> but she said, you have to do a workshop. So we organized the workshop and the process is the same, but it was very hands-on. Uh, at some moments, Megan was behind the camera shooting, sometimes somebody else, somebody else was holding the light. We're trying to get everybody into the field or putting them through the same paces you would put through a client through the same process and for them to actually uh, see how it was done and photographed. So they saw the process from the beginning because we didn't leave anything out. We didn't have the place prepped perfectly for them. Uh, when they came, they got a run through of what happened at the Dunn's Castle. And then we went straight into, after the theory, they went into hair and makeup. And then we started shooting each person as they came out of hair and makeup. So they weren't all together as a group in that photo. Uh, we did one group shot at the end to sort of uh, see where everybody would uh, fit. But this, is, this image is a product of the individual shots that were taken as they came out of hair and makeup. Well, again, I love that approach just because you know, uh, you don't have the stress of trying to get everybody to look and all that. And and I'm sure it's much more comfortable for each individual person. And what a good experience for a workshop for somebody to kind of have the hands on seeing how to light each individual person. And I love that you can have control over the lighting on each person in a group. And um, it was it was very nice to see the behind the scenes. And I've also seen the final product and it was amazing. Um, I think somebody referenced it looked like a Vanity Fair magazine. 
<laughs> is that what you were going for? <laughs> yes, actually, that's what we were going for. And Megan's quote on that was, yes, it is like a, a, a Matt Bantefair style uh, photograph. But we're using actually only two speed lights and a, a soft lighter, a 36 inch soft lighter, a Canon 5D Mark II and a 50 millimeter uh, Canon lens. So we're not using a lot of equipment. So, but if you look on that, somebody will think you're thinking that there's a giant setup and expensive equipment. And some of it's expensive, but the camera maybe, but everything else isn't. Right. And so, you know, it, it, I think you're right. It gives the impression of, oh my goodness, this setup cost a fortune, but it is actually something that everybody can do because who, who doesn't have speed lights? Yes. Yeah. So I just think that's fantastic that it was really, you know, a breakdown of how you can actually do this yourself. I go to so many, um, like huge workshops where people, um, say how they do something at the end. You're like, well, okay, I, I understand how they did it, but I would never be able to do that. And whereas this is something that really you might walk away from going, I could do that. <laughs> and you know, what was interesting about that uh, workshop is that all of these photographers in this workshop are highly acclaimed in their own right. Some of them are award-winning photographers. Um, Tamara Knight, uh, Laurie Duns, uh, Liv uh, Turian, um, Je uh, Julia Chess, they're all acclaimed photographers. They just weren't extremely comfortable with speed lights. They actually had a comment of, yeah, we use the strobes, but not the speed lights because they thought it was complicated. So I just showed them only two or three buttons that you need to touch on the speed light. And they looked at me as if, wow, the lights just went off. The speed lights are now accessible to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I, I just this year gotten into speed lights of like really using it um, on stands in lieu of a strobe. You know, I got really comfortable with strobes and then I just, um, I just had a hard time with the speed lights. And this year I had to really start pushing myself. And um, so maybe I should take your next workshop. <laughs> sure. That would be awesome. When Come is, on down. When is your next one? So we're having one at the end of June. I haven't had a specific date in the end of June yet, but it's going to be at the end of June. Um, so that's next month in D.C. Okay, so if somebody wanted to follow you to figure out um, when the dates are set, how they could sign up, where, where should they follow you? So if they go to my site, barryharley.com, and go to workshops, there is a subscribe button on there that they can uh, click on and enter their email and name, and it will be automatically put into a email list, and I will send out an email. Hopefully next, well, it will, in the next week or two, I'll have those specific dates nailed down. Okay, fantastic. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to fit it into my schedule, but I, I'm going to be on the lookout for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try. Next week, I'll be with Megan at her workshop. So. Um, oh, that's right. Nice. So I'm excited about that, and I'm uh, I'm trying to continue learning every day. So, yes. 
the learning process never ends. It never ends. And, you know, I'm a portrait photographer, so I've been talking this whole time about portraits. But I do want to talk to you about um, more about your architecture side and the fact that mm -hmm. I think we covered a little bit in the beginning. But um, I don't think anybody really understands what goes into putting, uh, you know, an architecture picture together. I think they see the final image and it's beautifully lit and the room looks amazing. And people just think, well, you know, that's the way the room looks. But... Um, you kind of described earlier that you go around and light parts of the room separately and, and do your shoots that way. Can you explain that to us, how you um, approach shooting a room for a commercial project? Sure. And I, I think the process is more like painting than it is photography. It's more of I'm going to capture a space uh, and try and honor the details and information that's there. But how do I do that? If one shot sometimes doesn't actually do that because the dynamic range, you can't capture all of that. So in order to capture the essence of it, I go around and light the areas that I think are important and tell the true story. And then in post, I will layer that all in Photoshop and reveal the details to expose or um, show the capture the intention of the product or the space. So, it, I mean, I, I think that's incredible. It does take a lot more work than people think, I, I think. But the fact that you can layer and kind of paint in the light and really um, pull the details out is incredible. I've looked at some of the, the photos on your website and, you know, there are amazing details. And there's one where you have a, a couch and you can see into two other rooms. And I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is how do you make the main room, you know, lit up perfectly and how do you make the extra rooms lit up? So thinking about it, you know, breaking it down into pieces, I think would help a lot of people in that way. Yeah, because if you break it down into smaller portions, it's a lot easier to manage. So I will light the foreground first and I will put a, a strobe probably near the camera and shoot it into the ceiling. And then it will uh, give a nice fall off on everything in the foreground. And then I will just go around doing that same exact thing. If it's a white ceiling, of course, because if it's, if it's too high, then the fall off isn't that great. Or I'll put a, an umbrella on it and shoot it like I would shoot portrait work in lighting certain areas and then in post revealing that. So that picture you saw with the purple couch, um, I lit the, the foreground first. I went into the bedroom and lit the bedroom of the, this is the hotel suite in the Hotel W in Washington, D.C. And I lit that room, bedroom to the right separately. And then I went into that hallway, which is between the two lamps and lit that separately. And then I went into the dining room area and lit that separately. I think this is fantastic information for um, anybody trying to tackle a project and how to break it down where it's easier to do. Once you have all your different layers, uh, how long does it usually take you to put that into one picture? Well, the, for, the, for, the, for the Dunn's portrait or for the, the workshop one, that, that would take me a good at least five to six hours. So this is not a quick process. Right. I'm not the fastest reach out toucher, so maybe that's my problem. Um, but and it could take me about a full day just to get it 
how I like it. And sometimes that's not maybe the full day of hours in one sitting because I find that I like to sit. I like to let it sit and then come back to it later because I may see some color toning issues that I didn't see before that I want to change because I often do that. I'll color tone something today, walk away from it and go, why did I do that? And then come back and color tone it just a little bit different. I cannot tell you how many times I've done that where I walk back to something and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. I need to move that. Um, okay. So thank you for explaining that to us. We're going to take one more little break. And when we come back, I want to ask you, um, what are the main things you keep in your camera bag right here on Aperture and Shutter Speed? A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to Aperture and Shutter Speed. I've been talking to Barry Harley about um, his amazing group portraits and his architecture work. And now I want to hear, um, you told us what you brought with you to the Dunn's Castle, but what are the essential items that you always have in your camera bag? Yeah, that's, I have two camera bags, and sometimes I fight with that. <laughs> I have one that is more of a backpack, and one that is, I can just, it's like a satchel I throw over my shoulder, and I carry that. So the satchel one is, I carry my camera, uh, usually two lenses, uh, a 24-105 and uh, an 85. That's always in there. And... And my laptop and a tether cord and a tripod and one speed light. That's usually what's in there. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Maybe I should slim that down. <laughs> <laughs> so do you always um, tether when you shoot so you can see exactly what you're getting? Yes. So that's a big part of my process is the tethering because those small screens on the back of your camera you can't see much detail you have to keep zooming in every right. minute so the tether allows me to see everything that's going on and it allows those that are working with me to see what's happening on the screen as well and they're allowed to and i give them freedom to tell me because i can't see everything that's a given but i will tell them hey listen if you see something say something not that i'm going to do everything you tell me but I still need to say it so I can know if there's an issue. So right. those tethering screens, I mean, on the laptop is, I know I've gone to a couple of shoots and I forgot my laptop and I felt like I was out of place uh, and it was harder to see the finer details. Right. And because what you do is so detail oriented, I could definitely see how you kind of need it on a, a bigger screen so you can see every little bit. Um, on commercial jobs, who usually comes with you other than like an assistant? Are there usually, um, you know, people for the 
company to come and kind of watch the progress and make sure it's going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's uh, interesting because on personal projects, it's really you and the client. Right. On on the commercial projects, it's you and the client, but the client is sometimes the creative director or the art director, and they're actually directing um, how they want the shot. And that's one good reason why you have a giant screen with you or a tethering system and then an iPad and something remote that they can actually see what's going on. But sometimes it's it's myself, the assistant, um, the owner of the property or the architect or the interior designer that's there telling me kind of what are the shot lists that they want or the angles that they want. And when I have that, so they, in the end, the vetting process or the culling process is a lot uh, smaller or short-circuited. Right. That is one benefit of having them right there. So you get immediate feedback on what you're doing. And um, yes. you don't have to, to go back to your office and try to figure out what they want. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and, and then and that process usually takes so much longer if you go back and then send them the contact sheets online. And sometimes it just it just gets longer. Yeah. I, I do a lot of corporate headshots and it's kind of the same thing. If you can show them, you know, immediately and they can kind of figure out what they want as opposed to going back and figuring out which one of these images they maybe want. Let me send them a few and they can tell me it just makes everything so much longer. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing to keep in your camera bag is your laptop and your tether. <laughs> yes. And, you know, anybody who thinks photography is just, oh, I have a camera uh yeah no it's much much more than that <laughs> yeah the, the end product is that they have these pretty these very pretty pictures that tell a story but the, the behind the scenes is a lot more and sometimes um if you shoot it in a way that they don't notice that you did a lot of work on it that's great too because that's you're at least you're telling the story of the space or the person and i'm not thinking about oh that's some beautiful light Oh, that's, uh, I love the way he did that or that, but or the technical aspect, but just the story. Right. Right. You can really focus on, on the building and, and what it says. Correct. Yep. So do you have any other um, just personal things that you like to shoot for fun that you want to talk about? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there's this project that I have uh, cooking up right now. There's a dam that's where I live in Ashburn, Virginia, that they emptied. And since I can't go to Africa, I will. I put out a call. Anyone with uh, tribal African wear, call me. I did like see that. <laughs> I want to set up a shoot where I, can, I go into the dam because it's very arid looking and dry and set up a full day shoot of people in these tribal African garbs yeah. in this dam in Ashburn, Virginia, but make it look like Africa. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I was in uh, Nairobi in October, and I brought by I brought back some um, outfits that the Maasai tribe wear. If we were closer, I'd at least give you the outfits for you, because <laughs> I was looking. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I I actually went and visited the Maasai, and and I didn't do amazing detailed portraits, but I just got some snapshots while I was there that was really incredible. Um, I can't wait to see how your images come out. You have to share them with us when you're done. Yes, so we're we're trying to amass the the outfits and the people to do that. Uh, it might be a little bit ambitious, but um, we'll see what happens. 
Okay, well, let me know if you need a few more outfits because I'm pretty sure I have a little bit of wardrobe and a little bit of jewelry that I brought back with me. <laughs> um, and I would just love to see it. I mean, I think it's going to turn out great. And the fact that you can create your own little world there in Virginia is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to create Africa in Virginia. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be something for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, one more time, can you tell everybody your website so they can uh, make sure they sign up for, uh, a, you know, making sure they get all the updates from you and just to look over your work and read your blogs? Perfect. So the website is Barry Harley, B-A-R-R-Y, and Harley like the motorcycle.com. And uh, on there, you will see all the links and you'll see the workshop link. And on the workshop link, there's a subscribe button to be added to my mailing list. So you can get all the fun updates and my workshops that are coming up. We're, we're planning one for June. And also, if you are in the in Europe, we're planning one for Venice in August. Oh, my goodness. You're killing me here. That would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. And one of these, maybe I can convince my husband to come with me on, and it'll be a, an excuse to go. <laughs> yes. Um, so I just want to thank you for taking your time out of your day to talk to us and tell us all about what you do and how you do it. No worries. It was fun. <laughs> and I also want to thank our sponsor, I Promote You. Um, they provide promotional materials. And for anybody waiting for uh, to figure out who won the tickets to Taste Fest, Caitlin Sclafani commented on uh, Aperture and Shutterspeed's Facebook page, and so she's going to go to Taste Fest and bring a guest for free. Uh, so our show is every Tuesday at 12, except for next week. I'm going to be at Megan DiPiero's uh, workshop. So on May 29th, I'll be back with uh, Douglas Burrell, and he's going to be talking about taking boudoir portraits from a man from a male photographer's perspective. And so we are every Tuesday at 12 right here on IRLoneStar.com. Till then, keep on shooting. Thanks for checking out this recording from Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station and broadcasted live from Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com Conrad's FM 104.5, 106.1. Interested in sponsoring this show, being a guest, hosting your own show? Then please visit us online at IRLoneStar.com and check out the Contact Us page. We want to say thank you to our studio supporters. Our traffic sponsor, Conroe Americana Music Festival at ConroeAmericanaMusicFestival.com. For more information about this show, please check out the information below in the description.